thinking about your next career move in research and development? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that's investing £20 billion in R&D over the next two years. The nation that's home to four of the world's top research universities. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Question of the Week from the Naked Scientists. Hello and welcome to Question of the Week from the Naked Scientists with me, Diana O'Carroll. It's time to oil up and make some money for this edition. Hi, I'm Dr. Raj from Sri Lanka. My question is this. During the 1970s, we were told that oil would run out by the year 2000. Then new reserves were discovered and now they say 2100 is when we will be starved of oil. Is it possible that we'll find more oil reserves in time to come? And why have we missed them before? Can the price of oil make smaller reserves economically viable? Thank you. So how much longer do we really have before we're forced to find other ways of firing up? I'm Alastair Crosby. I work as a researcher for the University of Cambridge. And what I study is how the outer part of the Earth behaves on geological timescales. Predictions of the end of oil have a long and undistinguished history. In 1874, the state geologist of Pennsylvania said that all the oil would be gone by 1878. Needless to say, it wasn't. In the 1970s, pundits predicted we would run out by the year 2000, and they were wrong too. The reason why current predictions of peak oil production are almost certainly wider than mark is that its price has increased hugely in the last 10 years with no reduction in demand. This allows the production of reserves previously considered infeasible. The greater the price, the greater the fraction of a given oil field that can be extracted out of profit. In other words, peak oil depends on price. A good example is the tar sands of Canada and Venezuela. It is only economic to extract the heavy oil when prices are more than $30 a barrel, but the sands in these two countries alone contain more oil than the conventional reserves of the rest of the world combined. More importantly, high prices allow exploration of previously inaccessible areas, such as the deep continental shelves of West Africa and Brazil. Exploration here is amazingly expensive. To drill a single well can cost upwards of $100 million, but the rewards are immense. It may not be politic to say so, but global warming will also keep us in oil. As sea ice melts, huge swathes of the Arctic will become accessible and may contain reserves as large as anything in the Atlantic. It is no coincidence that Russia, America, Denmark and Canada are all aggressively staking their claims. In the end, of course, we will reach the end of what can be viably extracted, although probably not in our lifetimes. But by then, I think we will no longer care. As Sheikh Yamani famously said, the Stone Age did not end because we had a lack of stones, and the Oil Age will not end because we have a lack of oil. We have not invented ore's replacement yet, but I think it is only a matter of time. It seems there's to be another century of expensive petrol to come, with the more northerly reserves becoming increasingly accessible as polar ice melts away. Here's hoping cheap alternative technologies rather than reserves are unearthed soon. Oil has made a very good fuel for burning and fuel source might help answer this next puzzler. My name's Graham Watson and I come from South London. And my question is, uh, occurred to me when I was listening to the Olympic talks being discussed recently, I was wondering how you transport a naked flame on an aeroplane. It has to be a naked flame, I think, to, to uh, continue the Olympic spirit. But even without the current security situation, surely it must be quite difficult but it's obviously possible, so I wondered how they did it. Now, whacking your head with an Olympic torch might sound pretty loud to you, but why is that? My name is Bullfrog, and I'm calling from Illinois in the USA. I noticed that at times when I'd put earplugs in to deaden sound from outside, that 
that worked really well, but then the sounds inside my head, they seemed a lot louder. Like chewing or humming or even breathing was really loud. And then I noticed listening to podcasts with the earbud-style headphones in my ears that I couldn't chew breakfast cereal and hear at the same time. Whereas if I'm listening to a conversation without anything in my ears, it's very easy to hear and eat at the same time. So I was wondering, why is it when you have earplugs in or headphones like that, are the sounds from inside your head so much louder? So how can you keep the torch burning without upsetting the aircrew? And why are crisps so noisy? In the meantime, I'll be trying all sorts of different munchy food, but you can email me with the answer at questionoftheweek at thenakedscientist.com or follow the discussion on our forum. That's thenakedscientist.com forward slash forum. Question of the Week is part of the Naked Scientists podcast and supported by the EPSRC, the Wellcome Trust and UK Fast. Look us up online at nakedscientists.com. Thinking about your next career move in research and development? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that's investing £20 billion in R&D over the next two years. The nation that's home to four of the world's top research universities. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK.